Spirit Babies. Welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze. I'm one of your hosts, Angel. I'm your other host, Brandon, and this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. No, because we treat you with respect and dignity, so we tell you like it is. And, you know, it's mysticism and mystery for a reason yeah who the fuck knows what's going on well and as soon as you think you have the answer it shapeshifts mm, that's the beauty of life it's the beauty of spirit right like the Tao that can be talked about is not the Tao. the Tao. the Tao. like in the stock market no like like the like the Tao, like the way like the oh yes the universal life force energy but also the stock market, sure. <laughs> the stock market you can talk about can is not the stock market. Let's not even go that direction. Who are uh, we? <laughs> yeah. Who are we? Uh, well, I'm Angel Lopez. I am a writer and a producer of feature films and a, an astrologer mm-hmm. and a teacher mm-hmm. and a husband mm-hmm. and a brilliant mind. You actually, for these times. You are a brilliant mind for these times. A thought leader. You are a thought leader. You're a queeler. A queeler. And a queerdo. A full-on queerdo, everybody. And you have a movie that's coming out. I do have a movie that will be premiering on October 23rd on Hulu called Bad Hair. So exciting. Yes. Stream it up, yo. And who are you? I'm Brandon Alter. I'm your husband. I'm a queeler and a queerdo. Uh, I'm also a tarot reader and a teacher and an astrologer and a writer and, you know, just a person in the world trying to live in a good way. Well, you are. Thank you. You're living in a very good way. Thank you, honey. Yeah, I'm feeling uh, softened. Are you? Yeah, I'm feeling like in connection with with the Tao, the will of the universe. All right, well, check in for the folks here. Well, I'm still tending to my second-degree burns on my legs, but they are making a miraculous recovery. They mm-hmm. look so much better, and there's all this like new, fresh baby skin now that I'm just, you know, tending to. But this whole process has really just like given me a front-row seat to the miraculous ability of the body to heal. And it's not every day that I injure myself so grievously and have to like really watch healing happen. And it's just it's taught me a lot. And it has reminded me, like, yeah, like human beings, we're strong and we're resilient, but we're also like really fragile and super soft. And leaning into that softness has been very helpful for me. What's been the most surprising thing that it's taught you about you specifically? Well, I guess the most surprising thing is initially when my first response to the burn and what to do was to like want to slather all bunches of like creams and oils and manuka honey like all over the burn. Like I wanted to find the magic potion that would make it better immediately. And what was underneath all of that was a belief that I didn't trust my body to just like take care of it on its own, which was surprising because I'm a healer and I really believe in nature to heal itself. But it was interesting to watch my like ego mind try to control the situation. So taking a step back and reminding that I do trust the body and that I don't need to help it out. I just need to get the fuck out of its way and let it do what it needs to do. Um, I think that was really surprising to learn about myself. And 
and was part of the softening. Like, I just need to be here and be present and tend to what it needs. I don't need to manipulate it or control it. And that's true for any type of healing process that anyone is going through, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, or otherwise. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't manipulate the narrative of your healing. All you can do is attend to it and follow it where it wants to lead you. So I didn't buy that really expensive Manuka honey cream. (laughs) (laughs) As much as he wanted to. I really did. I was like, this is going to make it all better. But honestly, just like drinking a lot of water and keeping it clean and doing Reiki on it and everybody that sent me energy, which was amazing and healing, like that's that's how things heal. Yeah. I mean, you took very good care of it. Took a lot of naps, read a lot of books, took it easy. It's been great. Well, it's good. That's how you support your healing, right? Totally. Yeah. What about you, babes? Why don't you check in with me? What's going on? You cute little Sunday human. <laughs> You've got your Sunday face on today. Do I? Yeah. What does that look like? It's like your hair is kind of like askew and messy and you've got that like childlike expression on your face. Like you've just watched a bunch of cartoons. Oh gosh, how I wish. <laughs> Maybe I will after this. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing okay. I am feeling very, I think you sort of <laughs> referred to it as flattened earlier today. I'm feeling a little flattened right now. Maybe it's because the sun is conjunct my Pluto for all of my astro heads out there. You would have a sense of that. But, you know, Pluto's intensity, transformation, it's a heavy energy. And I feel a little heavy today. Um, but, um, but overall, I think I'm doing pretty well. I'm feeling pretty optimistic, um, given even all of the craziness of the world we live in. Um, I'm still holding on to optimism and feeling less overwhelmed than I was even just like a month ago. You know, this year, I feel like at this point in this year, either we've had like a good like week vacation or, you know, something where we've just kind of been able to disconnect or we've had one like that we're looking forward to. And obviously, given this year, we haven't really had that. And it's just been a lot of work, and I can't believe it's already October. So I have been trying to do my best to find relaxation and downtime when I can. I have been dealing with a lot of rehabilitation for issues with my shoulder and my knee this year, and working with this fantastic physical therapist and I think learning too, just that like so much of it really is just stored tension, right? And your body, you kind of send it to one place and it just kind of stays there and it sort of cramps up more and more and more as you go through life. And so because of, I think the overwhelming stress of the year, I have had to, Uh, counterbalance that with like an overwhelming amount of healing aimed toward it and so I've really come to identify just how I store just all the shit in my body and how to be better about releasing it relaxing it so I am actually feeling probably though I do feel lethargic and like achy a lot of the time from just the work I'm doing, I do also um, feel like things are 
coming back into balance in a good way. Yeah, you haven't woken up in the middle of the night with like terrible knee pain in months. No, that's been a nice change of pace. For me too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah, doing okay, y'all. Holding it down. Should we tell the gazers what they're in for this episode? Yeah, that sounds good. We're going to do an all about Mars episode because we've never done one. Yeah, we were stunned. We were Uh, shook. Yeah, we were doing all the prep for our uh, chart and soul class, which is almost done. I know. I'm going to miss our little astro babies. Yeah, we've been um, had yeah the last couple months. We've been working with an amazing classroom of folks and well, a virtual classroom of folks um, through astrology. And yeah, when we were prepping back in the day, we were like, you you know, going back and referencing all of our old astro episodes and realized like, oh wow, we never did one on Mars. Mars. Yeah. So. Given that we're going through a big Mars retrograde right now, whoop de doo hey. Hey, yeah. Uh, we figured let's make it a Mars party. Yeah, let's make it a Mars party for sure. But we are um, starting up monthly Astro Club. Oh my God, I'm so excited. The Spiritual Gaze Astro Club. I'm like legit excited for that. So, so maybe some of our chart and soul peeps will keep showing up monthly. And any of y'all that want to come and geek out over astrology... Um, it's going to be a place for all of us to get together and to learn and to look at charts. And this is basically like the evolution of our Astro Season webinars. We're like enough of like the teaching of like the webinar aspect of things. And let's just come together and chat about what's going to be happening and just keep a little bit more casual and more community-based. Yeah, I think it'd be good to be able to yeah have a communal uh experience where we can all just even talk about like the mars retrograde how's it affecting everyone totally who's got it in their third house like let's talk about it astrotherapy yeah like who else is feeling it this way who else got burns all over their body any (laughs) mars in the first house people who else is being flattened right now (laughs) so yeah so i think it'll be really fun so we'll be doing that yeah around probably like the third week of every month this month it is Wednesday, October twenty first. Yes, right before Scorpio season. Oh, so yeah, consider joining us. It should be fun. But before our deep dive, how about we give the gazers a little dose, dose of, of inspiration? inspiration? So, what's been inspiring you lately? I know you've been reading like. 75 books a day i've been reading so much i think i realized that when the sun is in an air sign because i'm an air sign that i just like read a bunch of books uh he reads for sport i don't read for sport <laughs> but i do read really fast angel did say that he was like you read for sport and i was like i don't i don't like what that sounds like i'm not like a competitive reader i'm just like aries mars i'm just hungry when like i get More a book that i like i just want to tear through it i want to know what's gonna happen yeah you like won't stop it's i mean i love it i think it's really it's like adorable his like just desire to just like do nothing but read he's like okay that was really fun now can i go back to reading my book yeah i love a book what can i say i've discovered this author maybe some of you have heard of him his name is stephen king (laughs) (laughs) who's she uh yeah i'd never read a stephen king book and i was like wandering around the house trying to find something to read and angel had a stephen king book and i was like let me give this a try and it turns out he's like a really good writer And so I've been uh, exploring some of Stephen King. 
Yeah. Lots um, of problematic references. But yeah, misogynistic, homophobic, racist. It was of its time. But a good writer, nonetheless. Yeah, good storyteller. Um, I also just finished reading a collection of short stories by Octavia Butler called Blood Child. She is phenomenal, and I'm such a sci-fi nerd, and I'd never read her before, and she's phenomenal. And I'm currently reading a book of hers called Kindred, which is about a young black girl that gets transported back to like 1800s antebellum south and it is phenomenal but also like really stressful to read like every chapter i end it and i'm like i don't know if i want to go back in because like i know something bad's gonna happen (laughs) um but it's amazing and i love that uh octavia butler she lived in los angeles oh really yeah she lived in altadena and she did all of her writing from her little altadena house oh wow yeah and she really is like the black godmother of science fiction. So it's really exciting to be discovering her. And there's just a lot of depth and heart. And uh, so, yeah, those have been my doses of inspiration. Yeah. Stephen King and <laughs> Octavia <laughs> Butler. You know, Stephen King is kind of like a brain off book, you know, like it's like not hard. You just kind of like get transported to his world. And uh, that's been really helpful. Octavia Butler is not a brain off book. Like, you get sucked in and you have to engage, but that's also been um, a treat as well. Like I read two Stephen King books in a row and I was like, okay, I need something a little bit more substantial. <laughs> well, I never want to read anything substantial. I hate substance. You're reading the Mariah Carey autobiography right now. That oh seems substantial. God. I know I was lying. I mean, talk about substantial in many ways <laughs> what's it called the meaning of mariah carey what is the meaning of mariah carey also known as the bible oh wow well. if you haven't heard of it uh no it just came out this past week and the meaning of mariah carey is i'm still figuring it out because i'm honestly i'm still a little more than halfway through um but i am a big Mariah Carey fan. I wouldn't say like crazy massive fan. Um, You're not a lamb? I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm a lamb You're per not se. part of the lamely? No, I wouldn't say I am. But I but I kind of was back in the day. You're a recovering lamb? No, because I don't need to recover from anything to be a fan of Mariah's. Because I'm such a fan of her as a human being. Mm-hmm. We are fellow Aries. She was born two days before me. So we're just like cosmically connected. We're obviously like from the same constellation. Um, so like on a soul DNA level, I just get her. I understand her. She will always be my baby and I hers. She's a vision of love. She is my dream lover. She fills me with emotions. The book uh, really gives you a sense of like what an intense life she lived. Her childhood was not fun. She too had a terrible experience with a hot, um, pot of tea, as I mentioned to you. Yeah, you did. Um, Except that was thrown at her by somebody sh- else. Don't give it away. Sorry. There's little lambs listening. Sorry, lambs. Um, but she is... The lambs probably already know. That's true. Um, she's super inspiring. I feel like on the last podcast, we talked about having watched... Oh, no, that was in one of our classes. I think we were talking about having watched her interview with Oprah. Yeah, and how that's literally yeah. our dynamic. <laughs> yeah. The, like, Aquarius, Aries dynamic, Oprah and Mariah Carey. Totally. Yeah. Um, Mariah Carey's, like, talking about emotions, and Oprah's like, but I don't understand this thing, emotion, that you're talking about. <laughs> I know, right? Intellectually, you knew. So why did you do this thing? Oh, so good. 
but uh but yeah she is very inspiring and um just having read so much about like her teen years and really overcoming like some of her shyness and and just some of her you know the traumas of her childhood and um yeah i just i have always connected with her i think when i was young and i actually randomly I was going through all my old DVDs and I found a DVD of the very first time I ever performed in a high school musical when I was 15 years old. I guess I was 16 when I performed in it. And just watching like 16 year old me like bounce around this stage, like super joyful. Um, it like really moved me to tears um, to just remind myself that like, oh yeah, like that was a point in time where I broke through all of my shyness and these like barriers of like my childhood traumas and just kind of allowed myself to be seen. So um, I guess the meaning of Mariah Carey is, is inside all of us. And what, what is the meaning? I don't know. I'll tell you when I finish the book. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but she also released these rarities on out as well, like songs that hadn't been released before. And she has a cover of the song Out Here on My Own from Fame, if anyone knows it. And I highly, highly recommend. I also read a really great book called Cemetery Boys um, by an author named Aiden Thomas. And it is a total YA book, but I am an Aries. Like I said, I'm a YA at heart. A young adult forever. I am <laughs> forever, Lamely. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's about a Latinx trans teen living in Los Angeles. And he was born into this like lineage of this like Bruhex society. And, you know, we're like the the brujos like have this like one sort of path they take and the brujas have a different path that they take. And, you know, he obviously was at one point trying to be pushed down one path when he knew he belonged on the other. And so he basically takes it upon himself to prove to everyone that he is the, the brujo that he is. And, um, and he ends up, uh, he basically ends up conjuring up a, a spirit of this dead boy who he then has to sort of help. And, um, a gay ghost, a gay ghost. And it's just a beautiful story of acceptance, self-acceptance, um, and following your own unique heart's path and what you know to be true within yourself. And, um, I'm going to read it next. Yeah, you should. Cause it's a really, really fantastic world uh the characters are very fun and um you know it's just nice to read stories you know from a queer perspective from a trans author uh that are telling really universal stories and i definitely recommend that one as well preach and then speaking of turning your heads off. Oh, God. Are you going to expose us right now? Yes, I'm going to expose us because I can't get your shrieks out of my head. How dare you? It's so <laughs> rude. We binge watched an entire 10 episode series on Netflix called Emily in Paris this weekend. We are so basic. We this found show... out that we are basic bitches. Yeah, just like basic queens. And we're not... 
We're not hiding it, I guess. We're not ashamed. This show is, as one review said, happy hour for your brain. It's not complex. It's not even sophisticated. No, and it's lily white. But it is so enjoyable. It's about a girl named Emily who gets her dream job in Paris and she moves there. And about Paris as a beautiful city full of really mean people. And her trying to fit in with her straightforward American way. Yes. But the woman who plays her boss, <laughs> this French icon oh whose character's God. name is Sylvie, is That's... truly like an archetypal genius. Like what she's bringing to the screen just, it's like Miranda Priestly meets Nina Garcia mm-hmm. meets the Empress and the Devil. <laughs> That's who had Brandon shrieking. Yeah. At the top of his lungs. Oh my God. Many times. Oh my God. What an amazing actress this French woman yeah, is. she is great. All right, so that's enough to get you through the next couple of weeks, everybody. <laughs> Books to read and some really basic TV. Yeah, fashionably gorgeous TV. Oh, some great outfits. Some very hot Frenchmen. Very hot Frenchmen. I never knew. No offense to the Frenchmen listening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're like, oh, we are very yeah, hot. we are very hot. hot. How did you not know? Yeah. All righty. So should we... Explore the wide reaches of space and time. I feel like we should. In this episode's Deep Dive! (sighs) Mars! Yes, Mars. Mars! Today we're talking about Mars, guys. Mars! I think if I say it one more time, it'll lose its meaning. Mars! I'm sorry, what was that? Mars. 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 What is that? Who? Who is she? He is... Who is that? The planet of action. Yes, the planet of action, intention, and drive. I always like to say Mars is really just like the planet of how you get shit done. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, Mars is really, yeah, that planet that wherever it is in your chart, uh, it Helps to show, yeah, how you motivate, how you make moves, how you manage your energy. It's your vitality, really. Yeah. And I also think it shows where in your chart you can generate energy. Like wherever Mars is in your chart shows you how you can get charged up. Yeah, yeah. And I think it like talks to us about, you know, how we take risks, you know, how we stand in the face of danger. How we go after the things that we want. Yeah, and also how we handle the triumph of that, or the victory, or the loss. Or the failure. Exactly. Yeah, Mars is the god of war. So sometimes you win, and sometimes you lose. Yeah, so it's all about your relationship with courage, your relationship with stamina. Success and failure. Mm Mm-hmm. It's also uh, a little tied up with a thing called sex. Who's she? Sex is, well, it's it's really like your sexual energy, Mm. you know, and how you sort of move that sexuality through you. I love it. The raw primal force of your spirit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you said too, God of War. So also how you fight. Mm-hmm. How you fuck. How you fight and how you fuck. There you go. Just breaking it down. But ultimately Mars is like your inner hero. Governs how you uh, make the hero feel alive on your personal journey. Mm. So in a lot of ways, the planet that rules our warriorship yeah yeah both on an external in your world you know in your life but also yeah on an internal level how you step into your warriorship yeah yeah and i think there are a lot of um 
like good archetypes from Mars, but one that I really liked pondering was Artemis because, you know, Artemis is technically a feminine force, but a warrior mm -hmm. nonetheless. Um, I mean, the warrior. Yeah. <laughs> so I think um, to really come at Mars from that perspective, that we are all warriors. Fighting for our lives. Mm -hmm. Fighting for our soul's purpose. And being fearless and confident in that process. You know, Mars is the ruler of Aries and also the co-ruler of Scorpio. So already from that Aries perspective, you know, we're talking about like initiation, confidence, bravery, leadership, leadership, exactly. And then if you look at it from the Scorpio perspective, that's where you get that more internal sense, right? That like it's bravery in your willingness to plunge to the depths of your being, the tenacity to keep seeking until you find it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So again, Mars really does work on that sort of entire level of self. And so it's a good time to be talking about Mars because Mars is currently in Aries, has mm -hmm. been in Aries for some time. Yeah, since and June. will continue to be in Aries for some time. Until January. Because he's moving backwards through Aries right now. So we've been talking about this Mars retrograde as a reapproach to re-examine how you get shit done. Because even though Mars thrives in Aries, remembering that Aries is the name of Mars, Aries, the god of war. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean that we haven't had some bumps in the road. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, this year, when normally when you have a Mars in Aries transit, it is an amazing time to begin new projects, uh, new ways of being in your life, you know, to move, to just start like new chapters. And in a way, that is what we're being called to do this year. And between June and September, on some level, people may have started to feel like, okay, a new chapter is beginning for me, even in the midst of all of this craziness. But I even like to think, you know, Yes, we live in the United States, so we never really felt a sense of a reprieve from the pandemic. But in other parts of the world, they did. And really that June through September time was when it was kind of like, okay, you can return. And then, of course, September came, the retrograde happened, and then it was like, oh, we have to go back. you know. And I think that that's kind of just one way you can see on a more global level how it works yeah so there are new beginnings that are now requiring some reevaluation. exactly and i think for us on the united states it's more on a political level and that we had on some level i think started to feel like maybe we could move forward get some momentum um and i think we've realized that we haven't fully evaluated all of the I mean, even just basically even boil it down to like just racism in this country and how in the last few weeks, you know, with like the Breonna Taylor case and things of that nature, we're realizing like, oh, OK, yeah, that that still is like just buried deep in the systems of our society. And we are really going to have to reapproach uh, 
just the way we govern this country and the way we the perspective that we have um, as we move forward in not just this election but in this in the coming years of of living in, in the U.S. Yeah, and the frustration that comes from like wanting to move forwards, wanting to start something fresh, and realizing that you're still not fully ready for that fresh start because of everything that needs to be resolved. Yeah. So here we are looking at that on a personal level for all of us. Yeah. And we're going to take Mars through each of the 12 signs because depending on where your Mars is, will help you work with this current Mars transit. Mm -hmm. Because Mars is an Aries for everyone right now in this moment. But based on where Mars was when you were born really determines how you take action, your unique style of getting shit done. So this can really help you because when there is a big transit happening, a Mars transit, a Saturn transit, it's good to know how does my natal Mars, Saturn, Jupiter operate so that I can apply all of this energy in my own unique way. Yeah, and where does it need some adjustments? You know, because... When there's a big Mars event occurring, regardless of what sign it's in, it's talking to your natal Mars and saying like, hey, we're stopping for a reason, so you pay attention to how you're acting. And it's Mars, so it's going to be spicy. It's going to be <laughs> edgy. It's going to be sharp. But I do think just in regards to the retrograde, it is really important to try to find where Mars is currently transiting in your chart, if you know it where's Aries and just know that that area of your life is asking for you to approach it in a new way to reconsider how you've been acting in it how you've been taking charge in that space for yourself and then look to your natal Mars to get a better sense of how you inherently take action and be a leader mm, beautiful um, I know for myself like it's in my 12th house so I am really being pushed and prodded to be more of a leader in the realm of spirituality as well as imagination. And I'm definitely having to like, even just in my creative work, push myself to expand my imagination, my creativity, and how far I have maybe allowed myself to take it. A dream leader. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. And then in spirituality, obviously, even just like, doing the work that we're doing here through the spiritual gaze through our classes definitely having to really like step into that and own it even more totally and for you first house yeah in my first house so you're being a leader for yourself yeah it's just a new way of taking action which is honestly like a softer way of taking action mm. in the past my way of getting shit done was to just push and push and push. And I'm realizing that it's really about aligning what I want with the energies around me so that I can just follow the flow and that you can actually surrender and soften to your goals and let them show you how they want to come to fruition as opposed to feeling like you have to manipulate them all the way through. But also, I mean, Mars went into Aries and I felt it because I have Mars and Aries and I was just like running eight miles a day. <laughs> right. Like oh, I right. was just like, oh, I'm going to drink a bunch of coffee and I'm going to go for these like four mile runs. And then- Wow, and then retrograde hit. And then retrograde hit. And I was like, everybody slow down, like take naps, like chill it out. But I wasn't chilling it out. And then I spilled hot fucking tea all over my legs and have literally been inside. Like I can't go outside because I didn't want to get infected. And now I can't go outside because, 
it's fresh skin and the sun can't hit it. So I'm learning, you know, like my way of taking action, which is like, get out there and climb the mountain is now like, stay inside and read a book. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. I like it. Yeah. I'm learning how to uh, feel comfortable in softness. That's great. Yeah, it is great. Well, you're taking full advantage. I am. And I don't feel guilty about it whatsoever. You shouldn't. And we still have like six more weeks of this retrograde. Everyone. Yeah. And then I'll be climbing the mountain again. Yeah. Maybe five weeks till the 14th of November. Yeah. So we got we got some time here. Yeah. So let's take Mars through the signs so the children can get a little bit of a taste of how their Mars might want to get shit done in their life. Let's do it. All right. So in Aries, Mars acts with purpose. Um. I mean, I think like a Mars and Aries, I mean, you are one, so you can really talk to it. But like you said, yeah, it's that like just burst of energy that they see what they want and they go for it. And there's a real like forceful drive there. There's like just a like, because Aries is all like inspiration, right? That like spark of like, here it goes. I'm feeling this. Let's do it. So there is just that like profound motivation that comes, you know, without even like questioning it yeah it's instinctual Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's act first think second it's like cross the street before you look both ways and it can not always end up so well well of course yeah and you know uh aries rules the head so they yeah dive in head first and sometimes hit a wall and hurt their hits (laughs) so yeah you gotta be careful but i do feel like with like a mars and aries like no is a dirty word to them you know like if they hear no, then like they take on the challenge of that. Like, cause that's what life is, right? It's that warrior's challenge. Uh, you know, like life is a battlefield for them to take on. And I feel like Mars and Aries can be really, really great leaders when they step into that role. They just have to be careful not to do it with like capital E ego in charge because that can come with it. Aries yeah. does like the attention to some degree. It's a fire sign. They like to fight. Yeah. They like to argue. When they like to be right. For sport. (laughs) Exactly. It's not even about like aggression so much as it's about like, this is how my energy wants to be expressed. Yeah. So I think that when an Aries can like remember that the goal is to inspire and not to like conquer, then they're acting from a place of considering everyone else and not just them. You know, remember that polar opposite of Aries is Libra. And, uh, you know, for us to be the most full expansion of ourselves, that Mars and Aries does have to learn how to think about others, the other. Let's do it this way. Let's go into Libra next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's explore the polarities. Yeah, because that uh, polarity is Libra. So in Libra, Mars acts with consideration. You know, there's an acknowledgement that their actions will affect others. They want to discuss their motivations with a partner. Again, if you know Mars is how we get shit done, Mars and Libra knows it can't get it done alone. Um, that it's made better with a collaboration of another. So there's still a distinct leadership quality to the Mars and Libra, um, you know, but they aim to inspire teamwork. And you know, they will take others' opinions to heart. Uh, You know, they like to create uh, an air of balance 
in the work that they do and how they approach things. You know, they're not fighting to win, they're fighting to debate. And I think if Mars is act first, think second, Libra's definitely think first and, and then, act. then act. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if anything, the challenge with Mars and Libra is that they have to remember to like hold their ground when they do feel passionate in their fight. And that they might have to make some unpopular decisions. Yeah, because their initial inclination is to compromise. Right. Which is their gift. Yeah. But if it's taken too far, it weakens their ability to be a leader. Yeah, and they give their power away to someone else. That's, I think, the thing to pay attention to. So now the Taurus-Scorpio Polaris. Yeah. Okay, so with Mars and Taurus, Mars acts with dependability. Mm. You know, they have a mission, and they will take on every aspect of getting it done. No matter how long it takes. Exactly. And they're super resourceful. So they will like go about finding everything, using all of their skills to, you know, get the job done. And there's also just a, like a natural creativity to Taurus because it's ruled by Venus, the goddess of, of art. And beauty and culture. Yes. So Mars is creative and getting shit done. Yes. And looking gorgeous while doing it. Yes, queen. <laughs> but it's like a slouchy gorgeous. Totally. You know. Um, uh, yeah. But, and they're also not ones to rush into something no it's very step by step yeah steady stable you know it's a measured approach to things um but they do have like a quiet confidence to them you know it's like yeah 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 it's gonna get done and it's gonna look great but trust me you know um i think if anything the taurus needs to allow for flexibility because mm, they, they can, can think that there's only one way in which this can be accomplished exactly and there might be another creative approach that they just have never considered yeah so they might invite defeat or challenge unnecessarily um, if they don't allow themselves to kind of play with the group and yeah and take others others opinions in or even if it's like it's a terrible example <laughs> but even if Mars and Taurus is going to go bake cookies okay, and they were going to bake chocolate chip cookies mm -hmm. and they don't have chocolate chips at the grocery store, they might go like, well, then no cookies. <laughs> oh no. But it's like, well, maybe you just have to get rid of the idea of chocolate chip cookies. Like what other type of cookies could you make? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then on the opposite end of that, you move through Taurus to get all the way to Scorpio. And in Scorpio, Mars acts with concentration. Mm -hmm. You know, they focus on their goal. They're relentless. Relentless. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like there is a campaign to achieve and they are relentless in doing so. It's a detective that will not sleep until the murder is solved. Yeah. And I think they have a real power to them that can be intimidating when they go about getting things done. Um, you know, because they won't let up easily when they want to go after something. And their whole life might become about it. Oh, completely. Yeah, because there's almost like a subconscious pull towards it when they feel like, oh, I'm being called to do something. Like it's coming from a deeper place. There's like a psychic <laughs> connection to it, right? Um, and I think there's like very little restraint that can be held for them. Mm. Um. And ultimately, you know, their goal, you know, Scorpio is all about like transformation, right? 
like creating transformation. So that's really that Mars and Scorpio's goal too on some level is to like to go after something because they know it will create a necessary change. Mm. Um, In like the bedrock of their soul. Totally. And for others, for everyone involved, you know? Um, And obviously, yeah, because they also are co-ruled by Mars, they can also be provoked to fight and will fight dirty. And will fuck dirty. (laughs) Oh, that is true. Though I don't know if I've have if I've had a past with a Mars in Scorpio. I wouldn't. I don't know. I couldn't speak it from personal experience. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> All my ex boyfriends really predate my expertise in astrology. Right. Um, mine don't, but they were definitely on the softer side. But uh, you know, they will. T- uh, they will definitely like turn their back on a situation or a person forever. We always know the thing with Scorpio is like you know mess with them once they'll forgive you mess with them twice maybe if they like you they forgive you but the third time they will forget they ever knew you and they may even make other people forget you too dead x's for eyes so i think with the mars and scorpio they have to remember to do their best to be forgiving you know knowing that not everyone operates at their level of intensity that's really good advice and then let's do Gemini Sag. The Gemini Sag polarity. Hey, so when Mars is in Gemini, it acts with intellect. You know, they apply their mind to a task. You know, they want to ask questions. And they really want to, like, consider what it is that they're giving their vitality to, right? Like, what are they putting their life's energy into? Yeah. And they're quick to a task because, you know, that Gemini is like a quick wit. So when Mars is in Gemini, it's still also, like, connects to that like quickness of speed yeah it's fast and flirty and it can get stuff done almost in an instinctual way like Mm -hmm. aries can like oh i know the answer let me just do this really fast yeah but they also want to invite communication into it you know it's like whereas aries is like don't talk to me i'm busy i'm gonna get this done gemini is like what do you think do you like this do you like the color like is this color good you know what i was thinking i was thinking actually that we would do these colors because they remind me of this and then isn't that fun and oh that reminds me of this story about this time i was in (laughs) mars Uh, gemini totally um but yeah because they have all of this like vast like reservoir of observations and knowledge that they've picked up over time that they kind of want to bring to everything right that they do and remember that like in these signs, this is how you get energy too. So yeah. Mars and Gemini, like you're getting energy through communication and yeah, conversation. Yeah, you get fed by it. Or some people, they're like, God, that cocktail party exhausted me. Uh, Mars and Gemini is going to be like, I feel ready to go. Yeah. So Mars and Gemini needs to remember to listen as well as talk. Ooh, shit. You know? Yeah. That's just, if they're going to, they're going to get the job done. Yeah. That's, That's their the helpful piece of advice. Then on the other side of that coin, we have Mars and Sagittarius, where in Sagittarius, Mars acts with fascination. You know, they're really drawn toward learning. Uh, they, you know, they crave experiences, um, you know, that take them out of their usual way of life. Like they want to travel. They want to see the world. They are they... going to sign up for that <laughs> workshop, exactly. that class, that seven-day tour through the Greek ruins. Mm-hmm. Like... Mars and Sagittarius is looking for that adventure to learn. Exactly. Yeah. They will do anything that like feels like a pathway toward understanding the truth of the world and themselves a little more. Yeah. So even if there's like a spark, you know, that Mars spark of curiosity, they're going to follow it. Totally. And, um, and they should, 
because that is how they fully feel their their vitality in this life is through gaining as much experience and knowledge as they possibly can because they're students of life but they're ultimately then teachers of life too so if they allow themselves to you know fully invest themselves into something then they can become on some level like a teacher of it a master of it to help then inspire others so i think if anything they have to remember to keep grounded so that they don't lose their own sense of truth their own sense of like just like personal foundation totally and that's always the struggle with the gemini sagittarius polarity which is that like gemini seeking the personal truth and Sagittarius is seeking the universal truth. Yeah. And it's so easy to lose yourself in the collective, and it can be really easy to lose the collective in yourself. That's so true. I think that's why even like, because Sagittarius rules like religions mm -hmm. and things of that nature. So I think, yeah, Mars and Sag, who isn't fully aware, can get lost in a religion, can get lost into some yeah cultish like experience totally or just an expression of something that's a little too dogmatic that doesn't allow yeah. for personalization exactly whereas the mars and gemini is going to be like i'm sorry what was that i'm sorry huh i'm sorry that doesn't that doesn't feel right to yeah. me who said that again uh, no girl no thank you you're gonna brand me let me tell you why mars and cancer hmm Action through emotion. Yeah. In Cancer, Mars acts with heart. Hmm. You know, they go after what, what moves them. Oh, gorgeous. You know, yeah, what touches them. And also because Cancer is connected to the past, you know, they go after things that remind them of a lovely time gone by. Hmm. And Motivated by nostalgia. Totally. And, you know, they can be a little more slow to act, but they have a really strong intuitive sense. You know, it's that water sign connection. Already we talked about Scorpio, another water sign, that intuitive quality. So Mars and Cancer also has that to some degree. They can feel out a room when they walk into it and they know whether they want to stay in it or not. But I do think once they feel emotionally compelled towards something, then they can, there's a real strong, passionate, but also calm leadership quality that comes with a cancer or the Mars and cancer. And they're going to be really protective of their actions, of their projects and anyone who they kind of welcome in to the process of it. They're going to like, you know, mother hen. Yeah. It's a mama bear energy. Exactly. So if they feel like any sense of, you know, someone trying to break into their realm of security, then they will go off. You know, it's that crab, right? So they will bring those pinchers out and be like, are they pinchers or pincers? I think they're pinchers. <laughs> they go after you. I wish you could see what Angel was doing with his hands right now, but you yeah. can imagine. <laughs> so if anything with the Mars and Cancer, they have to remember to let that vulnerability show because they do have that hard shell um, because others do need to see that like kind nature that lives under there in order for them to really want to follow their, their leadership path. Totally. Whereas on the other side of the wheel, you have Mars and Capricorn, uh, where Mars acts with steadfastness. And strategy. With major strategy. This is Mars like running the marathon. Oh, yeah. Talk about a relentless quality. Yeah. Mars and Capricorn really is about like the big picture and all of the steps required to reach that final goal. Yeah. I mean, it's all about their ambition. Yeah, where they're heading towards. And they will not stop till they get it. And there can be a coldness 
with that Mars and Capricorn because they're just like eyes on the prize. Yeah. Out of my way. So no time for for humans. Yeah. Well, they crave <laughs> the recognition that comes from succeeding as opposed to the experience of just pursuing the goal. Yeah. And that's, I think, where Mars and Capricorn can get a little lost in the weeds to remember that, like, if you don't enjoy the journey to the destination, you're probably not going to enjoy the destination. Yeah, it's all about, like, measuring their pessimism, right? Because they're easy pessimists, because it's so much work to do, and we're never going to get there. But, you know, they just have to know that, like, if they can trust in their process and continue to stay in that trust, then they can be some of the most badass boss bees, the most powerful leaders of the whole zodiac. Yeah, they can really be the ones that know how to just stay the course. Yeah. Now, Leo Aquarius. Mars and Leo. So in Leo, Mars acts with strength. Yeah, a great Mars placement if you have it. Oh, for sure. Uh, and they also act with a little bit of dramatic flair. Me, 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 me. Uh, they will let the world know what they are excited about and what they are going after. Yeah, exactly. It is an Instagram feed <laughs> to remember. You guys, I'm getting my real estate license. Exactly. <laughs> Every step is chronicled. You know, but they bring a really powerful, creative approach. And their whole thing, you know, I think Leo's can get a bad rep because it's like, oh yeah, it's all me, me, me. It's about me. But they're really trying to inspire everyone else. To do it the way that they're doing it. Yeah. Like you like, too could get your real estate license. You yeah. too could get these cute suits. Yeah. You too can be the star of your own show. Yes, exactly. And they will happily sit in the audience and watch your show. Exactly. So yeah. long as you sit in the audience and watch theirs. Right. <laughs> and hashtag about it when you post about it. Totally. Yeah. But they really want everyone to have a good time. You know, while they're going after something. Yeah. So it's an enthusiastic and playful approach to getting shit done. So mm -hmm. I, so Mars and Leo people get energy from play. Exactly. That childlike approach to things. So they will like be the leaders of like a fun sort of artistic incubator type environment, you know, where everyone is invited to come and, you know, bring their inner child with them to to work. So I think if anything, their challenge is to remember when they're working with groups, they have to share the spotlight. Totes. Essentially. Yeah. Whereas Aquarius has the opposite problem. Mars and Aquarius needs to remember to step into the spotlight a little bit mm -hmm. because they can be so busy empowering everyone around them and thinking about the collective that they lose their own unique goal. Yeah. And I think that is the thing, you know, that in... Mars, Aquarius acts with uniqueness, with authenticity, right? Like they march to the beat of their own drum and they will approach situations from a whole other angle than anyone else is thinking, you know, and they have interests that aren't quote unquote usual, you know, to like the societal standard. And they're also innovators, right? So they will take something that's working and then say, actually, it will work better if you did this. They're amazing leaders in that regard. You know, they're they're leaders of technology, of of innovation, like I said, of creative pursuits, even um, because they find new ways to go about doing things. And there is that large group, community, even world humanitarian element to them. So yeah, everything they they set their sights on tends to have, like you said, that like the collective in mind. Yeah. I think the only other challenge beyond the one you mentioned is to remember to engage with people from an emotional place. We talked about it when we mentioned Oprah earlier. What's that? <laughs> emotional place? 
I don't know. How do you get there? Can you draw me a map? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll draw you a map, honey. <laughs> uh, enough said. Um, and then... I we, cried last night when we watched the preview for my Octopus we Teacher. We literally just watched a two-minute trailer for this movie, Octopus Teacher. And I turned to Brandon after, do you want to watch this? And he was in shambles and was like, I think I got it. I mean, it really, it really wrecked me, man. It was two minutes. I know, but it just really... It annihilated me. It was hysterical. I know. Well, at least I know that I really got to bolster myself. Yeah, you're not ready for that movie. I'm almost ready. Okay. I'm in a soft place. I'm ready. I don't think I'm ready to be ready for you for that movie. Well, then you better get ready. I know. I have to get in a soft place. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, uh, Lastly, the Virgo-Pisces polarity. So with Mars and Virgo... Mars acts with precision, you know, with an accuracy, you know, before going after something like Mars in Virgo is going to do all the research. They're going to create the spreadsheets. They're going to organize, you know, they're very much into systems and creating systems that will help move any activity, any project, any household work environment along further. Yeah. There's a precision to the action. Mm-hmm. Like the way you got to make a bed in the military so like a quarter can bounce off of it. It's like very <laughs> Mars and Virgo, you know, like yeah. there is this way to do it and we got to make sure it's always done this way. Totally. Yeah. Like if you live with or work with someone with Mars and Virgo, like, and you can't find something, that's the person you ask. Totally. Um, Whereas... In Pisces, Mars can't find anything. Uh, no, exactly. <laughs> That's not true. I have a Mars in Pisces. I can find things. Um, but I think just with Mars and Virgo, you know, there can be a perfectionistic quality to them. So they have to be careful not to get overwhelmed by that. Right. It's like, if I can't do it perfectly, then I'm not going to do it. And it's At like, all, exactly. no, no, like it's okay to do it and for it to not be 100% perfect. It's still a value. Yeah. And I think that is like the big key. To just like dial it back and remember that like mistakes are valuable. And I think that Mars and Virgo can really benefit from breaking things up into small bite-sized achievements. Mm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. If you get overwhelmed by the big picture, just break it up, you know, to create a system that allows you to just do one thing at a time and then you put it all together. Yeah. And you can like make a board out of it so you have it as a visual thing and give yourself little stars every time you hit one. You know, whatever you need. Whereas, yes, on the opposite end of that, you have Mars and Pisces, which Brandon was trying to shade earlier, but I won't allow it because I have Mars and Pisces uh, power here. You do. Um, Action through imagination. Yes. Well, and Mars acts with compassion. True. In Pisces. Um, you know, they, f- they complete the triangle of the water signs, so Cancer Scorpio. So with the, as those two did, they, they also move very intuitively, take action from that sort of psychic space, you know, and really kind of like to feel things out. So on the surface, it does look like they're not doing anything, but they're like working on a whole other level of a feeling totally do you remember the adventure time episode when there was like that big storm and everyone was trying to like 
do something to get the storm to go away and all jake was doing was like meditating on a mountaintop and they kept like coming to jake and be like jake are you gonna help us and he's like i'm working on something don't worry about it and and they were like what are you doing what are you doing and then finally the storm came and jake had this like incredible song of like all of these nature sounds that jake sang to the storm and the storm like cried and like went away and everybody was like oh my gosh and to me that's mars and pisces like you can't see what they're doing on the surface but when the time comes it's like there's this whole ocean of work and compassion and imagination and artistry that pours forth because they've been working in an invisible realm oh that's so beautifully said and I feel seen. Thank you. It makes up for the shade, huh? It really does. Oh, good. Thank I'm glad. You. Now I'm going to sing my song. It's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. It scared the storm away. Um, but no, I think that's so beautiful. Because, yeah, it's all about that. Like, yeah, that like with that came like creativity imagination but then also like a spirit a spiritual connection totally well mars and pisces is a spiritual warrior right mars is the warrior and pisces is the spirit so i think it's action through emotion but really it's action through like a deeper spiritual connection to things yeah and just kind of putting their sensitivity on the front lines yeah which is not an easy thing to do it's a challenging placement i think for that reason and I think their greatest challenge is to, you know, install boundaries. Right. When they enter into into a project, into an environment, you know, because with the proper boundaries, then they can feel like they can feel safe and move freely toward the goals, you know, without having other people's agendas and needs and ideas and opinions fuck them up. Yeah, well, they also don't get totally lost because Mars can get super lost and turned around and upside down in that kind of invisible soup. Totally. Mars and Pisces has to, yeah, remember to try and like find focus when they can. And I'm saying that to myself. And there you go, kids. That's uh, That's Mars through the signs. Mars through the signs. So find yours, know yours, work with yours. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to us. Yeah, let us know if that resonated for you. And of course, you know, You want to look and see what house your Mars is in to get a better sense of where this Mars energy will be most expressed in your life. Yeah. All right, y'all. Now it's time for that tarot card of the episode. What is the messaging going to be? What will the universe have in store? Sure won't be a bore. Always time for more. There's a hero. When you look inside your cards, you don't have to be afraid of which one gets pulled. They have answers. Okay. All right, everybody. So take a moment, get tuned in. Shuffling the cards, asking for just one card that can serve as the river of energy we can allow to carry us forwards with grace and ease and maybe even just a little bit of abundance. Wouldn't that be nice? Yes, please. 
All right, so the card for you, no matter the future place or time to which you listen to this episode, knowing that this message will resonate for you is the magician. Hey! Which is really interesting to pull the magician when talking about Mars because the magician is the active principle. The magician is, in a lot of ways, how we choose what we want and then commit to going after it. Yep. And while technically the magician is ruled by Mercury, which is our mind and how we metabolize our experiences and make meaning and apply value, the magician basically is saying what it is that you want. And until you can say what it is that you want, you're never going to get it. And so there is a sense that like Mars, you have to know what you're going after before you can go after it. So with the magician, we decide to take a step forwards towards our goals. It's not the achievement of our goals. It's that first step. It's saying, this is what I want, and I'm going to do what's required to go after it. So I think the message, whenever we pull the magician, is to remember that our lives are magic and that we are casting the spell. And we do it in a lot of ways with the words, with the stories that we tell ourselves about who we are and what it is that we're doing. So in a Mars retrograde, you can reapproach or even rewrite, because we're about to have a Mercury retrograde too coming up, the story of your life. And just because you wanted something six months or six years ago doesn't mean that you have to still be going after it if it doesn't resonate in your heart. And to have the courage to say out loud to yourself first, and then to your friends, and then to your family, and then to Oprah, what it is that you want. What your life is for. And that the only thing getting in your way is your inability to accept that you deserve it. If you're not able to say it out loud, you're not ready to have it. So that's not to say that there aren't external obstacles and that there aren't systems of inequality and injustice that make things easier for some people and much more difficult for other people. But the first step, I believe, into getting what you want is knowing what you want and claiming it and knowing that you're worthy of it. And then you can handle whatever sort of bullshit shows up that tries to keep you from that which you know in your heart and your soul you deserve. And the magician, I will just finish by saying, is the conduit for the magic. The magician is not the source of the magic. The magician is the vessel the magic flows freely through. Mm -hmm. So when you know what you want, you surrender how it's going to happen, and you let yourself be moved by magic. And there we are. Here, here. I'm ready. I'm ready for what I want. The magician's been showing up for me a lot recently. Same. Look. It's the car, last card I pulled for myself oh, right wow. here, sitting on the top of my deck. There you go. Well, you know why? Because we have to believe we, we are magic. Nothing can stand in our way. Destiny will arrive. I don't know the words <laughs> to this song. We Bring all your dreams alive to me for you for you. <laughs> <laughs> but also the Kylie Minogue single "Magic" yes. that just came out—that is very good too. There's so much magic in the air. So everyone, there's magic. There's yeah. mounting amounts of magic. Take it. It's yours. Thanks for being here, spirit babies. Yes. We fucking love you, <laughs> our gazer community. We yeah. hope to see you soon in a breathwork, in an astro club, in our DMs. Let us know how this message resonates. Let us know how the episode resonates. Let us know how your life is resonating. Yeah, we hope your life is doing well. 
and you're holding down for yourself. Move slow, take naps, don't spill hot tea on yourself. No. And if you do, trust that your body knows how to heal. And if you find out the meaning of Mariah Carey before I do, please drop me a line. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. Well, um... Leave us a review! Please leave us a review. Rate us five stars. You've been listening for years and you've never done it. Maybe this is the sign that you should do it. And we know we've gotten a few great reviews in, so maybe next week, because I feel like we're out of time, but yeah. next week we will read a bunch of reviews. Yeah, so if you write a we'll review, we'll read it on the air. Yeah! Um, and we haven't done a mailbag segment in a while. So if you have just some general spiritual gazey questions for us, you want to shoot us a Gmail at the spiritual gaze at gmail.com. We'll answer your question. Yeah. We'll on throw the show. it out into the world. And also if you have suggestions for us, if there's anything else you feel like as a, you know, that we could be doing for y'all, um, fun things to do in the community. Let us know. We are here to serve and inspire yes until next time this has been your transit through the spiritual game